it was the elite. Different brands, different models, all there to contribute and give back. All those people I just mentioned, they also spoke from stage. So we're gonna break some of that down today. Welcome back to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. Matt Smith here, founder of All or Nothing in Real Estate, also the team leader of Matt Smith Real Estate Group, the number one team in the state of Missouri and number eight team in the nation according to Real Trends. Mm -hmm. Guys, today we've got a good one. Um, we're going to break down what we learned, what I learned, my takeaways, my key takeaways from one of the best events I've ever been to. I'm an event junkie. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm always learning things. And this event was different. So we're going to break down what the top leaders in real estate are doing right now to grow their businesses. Mm -hmm. Before we dive in, as always, let me introduce Colin. Hey guys, I'm proud to be here. I'm excited to hear what the top leaders uh, in the world uh, have been doing in the world of real estate, especially since so much change has been happening. Yeah, for sure. And Colin was helping me kind of go through notes to prepare for this because I had like 88 pages of notes. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's 49, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. So I exaggerate, okay, yeah. Colin? Um, but yeah, 49 pages of notes, apparently. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's lots of great takeaways. So um, yeah, we're gonna kind of dive in. And guys, I wanna talk about what made this difference. So this was Cheplak Live Mastermind, Lake Tahoe 2022. And so there were multiple number ones in the world in the room. Mm -hmm. Multiple number ones from different brands. Number ones from the same brands with, I'm number one in Canada, I'm number one in the United States. Same brands, number ones for GCI, number one for units. Like it was the elite. Different brands, different models, all there to contribute and give back. All those people I just mentioned, they also spoke from stage. So we're gonna break some of that down today. So when I say this event was different, this wasn't theory. This wasn't a somebody that read about it in the book. These are real operators from real businesses that are breaking down their playbook and giving us all the info on what they are doing that has worked and probably more importantly, what they're doing now to adjust with this market and make sure it's continually working. Absolutely. Like not just saying, hey, this is something that could work. It's like, no, I've proven that this works. That's why I'm the best in the state or in the nation. And uh, here's what we're doing moving forward. Yep. So let's get right into it. Absolutely. So I want to, let's just open it up with some fire. So we had an opening event from the one and only John Chaplack opened up the event. He was the host of the event. He's my coach, my mentor, my friend. Um, and he, if you don't know John, he likes recruiting. He says recruiting solves all problems. Hmm. So that's what he talked about is how you can recruit in these changing times. Because it, honestly, if you're not recruiting, you're going to get left behind. Hmm. So there is, we've talked about it before on the show. But National Association of Realtors says 30% of real estate agents are going to be out of the business in the next 12 months. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do when 30% of your agents can't make it or aren't willing to make the changes to make it in the market? Yeah. You have to replace them with ones that are willing to do the work, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I, that sounds harsh. That's not how I mean it, mm -hmm. but it's reality. Yeah. And what if I'm wrong? What if everybody makes it and you have 30% more agents anyway? Great. That's, That's a good thing, right? And so help more people change more lives across the board. So I think... Most people look at recruiting and they say, so it's no secret I'm with EXP and when I have conversations with people, coaching conversations, a lot of them are still turned away with the word recruit. Hmm. They don't want, because people have recruited the wrong way. We did a whole podcast on accountability mm -hmm. and a big thing we talked about was most people don't like accountability because they've been held accountable the wrong way. Right. 
I think most people have recruited the wrong way and it's mm -hmm. given it a bad name. Mm -hmm. So it's a very similar analogy. By the way, um, free plug, if you want to learn how to grow accountability in your organization and create a culture of accountability, we did a great podcast on that. I think it was last week. Yep, we linked in the show notes, easy yeah. access. It's, dude, it was, I've listened to it twice, like our own podcast, it was <laughs> that good. Um, it's good stuff. So um, anyway, recruiting. Don't have the wrong connotation about recruiting. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna break down why recruiting is important for your organization, and then we're gonna give you some practical tips on how you can recruit. So number one, I, I challenge you, if you're a team leader listening, go back and see what is each transaction worth. You should know that. What is your average company dollar for each transaction, mm -hmm. right? What is the company retained dollar? You should have that number. If you don't, you're welcome. You should track that. That's something you should know. Yep. Um, and so whatever, whatever that number is, let's say it's 5,000, let's say it's 10,000, let's whatever market you're in, right? Let's just say 10,000 for mass sale, yeah. right? So how much time, money, energy, focus do we spend on that $10,000 commission? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying don't focus on those, but we spend a lot of effort. What is, what is the average? So we know that one transaction is worth 10,000, mm -hmm. right? Just for this argument's sake. Right. How long has your average agent stayed with your team? Mm -hmm. How long has that, how, over that span of time, what is the average agent? What is your company retained dollar from that agent? Mm. It's multiples and multiples and multiples of that one transaction. Yeah. Some people that I know are hundreds of thousands. Some people from the stage said it's over a million dollars that they've retained from one person. Why do we focus on the next lead for a buyer or seller way more that's worth that $10,000 mm -hmm. than that million dollar potential asset? Hmm. Why are we focusing on the minute versus the thing that actually moves transactions? Here's news for you. If you are a leader in a real estate space, you are no longer in the transaction business. Quit acting like it. You are in the people development, human resource, human attraction, human development business. Wow. Recruiting is the way to do that. What is our, what is our core focus here at Matt Smith Real Estate Group, Colin? It's changing lives, 100%. How do we do that? Well, there's multiple ways that you can do that, but one of the best ways is to invest in people that then can invest in others. And if we invest in more people and invite more people into our environment, into our culture, into what we do and our, our secrets to success, which it is no secret, right? right? But if we invite them into our environment and teach them and help meet them where they are and help them through their success journey, mm -hmm. that's how we change lives. Don't, and, and ultimately, there's gonna be people out there that would argue, well, you have to focus on the, on the transactions. Absolutely, you for do. sure. That's why you recruit the right people so they can focus on the people they are serving. Yes. But if you, as a leader, are focused on serving buyers and sellers, you're doing the clients a disservice because you're not focused on it like you should. Because right. you have all kinds of aspects of running a business. And number two, you're letting the agents down because you're not creating the best environment for them, and you're competing against your agents for that transaction versus just doing what you should do and what your highest productive activity is, which is recruiting to bring more good people in your organization. Because like I said, if you're a team leader, if you're a broker owner, you're no longer in the transaction business. You are in the human development, human resource, human attraction business. Start acting like it. Man, okay, that's a huge mindset shift as far as just, but it makes so much sense. You're saying, all right, listen, instead of these minor transactions across the board, empower and uh, develop and attract the right people to the be able to do that. The humans, they do the transactions. Exactly. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like it's... Once you say it, it's like, oh shit, that's simple. Exactly. But we don't, we get in our own way. Like this was an aha for me. So I'm not like just pointing the finger. No. Like I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to this mm -hmm. microphone, right? Like this is an eye opener for me because I focus on 
I call it real estate CPR, mm-hmm. right? Let's keep this deal together. Let's keep that one together. But what am I doing to really create opportunity to attract people, the right people? Mm-hmm. I don't want a body shop. I want the right people in our organization so that I can help them change their life. And I can develop that person. I can attract that person. I can give that person resources so they can go out and change more lives. Yeah. Why am I focused on the 10000 let's put it money perspective. Right. Why yeah, am I focused on the $10,000 versus the potential million dollars? Mm-hmm. So we all have resources, we have processes, we have systems around attracting buyers and sellers, around converting buyers and sellers, around closing buyers and sellers, around making them raving fans of our organization, right? We have all of that as real estate company. If you don't, you should, right? That's pretty simple stuff. Right. What do you have for your recruiting? Do you have all those systems? Mm -hmm. Do you have technology for it? Do you have a a cadence of how you attract people? Do you have a how you interview them? Do you have a what are the the value you can provide? Do you have an education source? Do you have a follow-up strategy? Do you have all of that? It's so here's where people go wrong. Well, recruiting is just trying to convince people to come join you. And if that's your mindset, that's why you're a bad recruiter. Hmm. Recruiting is attracting the right people and giving them the opportunity. How do you attract a buyer or seller? You hear us talk about it in the organization all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not selling, it's helping. Yep. How can you help that agent? And so let's go back to where people go wrong with recruiting is, I call it like, don't go for the kiss on the first date right? Like, don't do it. Uh If you want a long relationship, don't close on the first date. Same thing with recruiting. Hmm. Don't close on the first date. Too many people, I'll guarantee you, I want, if you're an agent listening to this, ask yourself one question. Has anybody tried to recruit you? The answer is no. You better get your production up because if you're a productive agent, they have. Right. They should be. Yeah. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like agents will come to me and say, Hey, I just want you to know this person called me. I'm like, awesome. That means you're doing a great job. Right. Great kudos. Yeah. Right. Like that's a good thing. They should be trying to recruit you and good for them. Like yeah, they yeah. understand that they want good people in the organization. And you're a good person. For right. Sure. But what does that person say on that phone call? It is most of the time when we recruit people is a features and benefit dump. Hmm. Come to me because I have the best split. Oh, I have the best leads or we have this or we have that. And you're talking at people. Go back to how do you convert leads? Mm-hmm. You don't talk at them about why they should work with you. You ask questions, you get to know them, you get to know their purpose, their vision, their what's why. What's your biggest struggle right now? Why are you doing this? What it, What's important to you? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well we could fix that. And you're like, really? And you've built a connection at that point. And now they are, they are that you brought, draw them into you versus you going after them and then putting mm-hmm. the wall up. Right. Because you ask what, so it's the same exact process mm-hmm. that you do with buyers and sellers, or you should be doing with buyers and sellers when you do with agents. Right. But we get too impatient, and we think, well, we're the best, so we're going to attract them on the first mm-hmm. on the first date, right? Like we're going to close them on the first lunch meeting. No. Why? Like they need to get to know you, to know you, like you, and trust you. Exactly. Do you want people that? would leave in that, their organization in a heartbeat like that without putting thought into it? If that, so here's, here's where people go wrong too. I've heard people give me this, this counter, I've heard it in these mm-hmm. rooms is, well, I've got five agents on my team that are recruited on the first launch. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Let me know how that goes over the next three years, yeah. number one. How do you know you wanted them? Right. Number two, 
if they join you on the first time, which it happens, right? Like I've had people reach out to me that say, hey, I want to come to your company. Right. Because, but it didn't happen because of my company. My company, the, the value we put in the marketplace was a byproduct of their situation. Their situation is what led them to make that decision. Mm-hmm. But I had deposited over time that value, but all we remember is, well, they called me and they're ready to join my team. So I did it on the first time. Hmm. But what, what happened in their organization? What happened in their life for them to reach out to you? Yeah. For them to agree to lunch, for them to say, you know what, I'm ready to join on the first, on the first meeting. There's a lot of things that have to happen in that process for them to be ready to make the transition. Making a transition as a real estate agent is one of the hardest things to do in the business. Yeah. So you have to be patient and you have to deposit that value. And so if you've gotten away with closing that on a features and benefits dump, that is hindering you in your recruiting efforts now because that was just a luck of the draw. There was probably something in their current situation that was so bad they had to get out of Mm -hmm. that you were the first one they ran into. Right. And you think you're such a good salesperson, you closed them. Mm -hmm. Like that is very, very conceited. Um, That's arrogant. That's cocky. And that does not serve other people that could be great for your organization. And the minute, if all you're focusing on is the feature side of things, then the minute another option becomes available, they're going to go and be recruited on the first lunch. Like Colin, you went right to my next topic. How you onboard somebody is how you're going to offboard them. Mm-hmm. And so if they come to you and they jump ship just like that because I have a better split than the person across town, yep. that's what's going to happen when a new company comes in town with a better split. Gonna they're going to jump ship. Yeah. Do you want those kind of people in your organization? Mm-mm. I want the right people that are going to deposit value into my organization, that are going to contribute to my environment, that are going to contribute to my culture. And so I'd, when I have any recruiting the conversation, yes, I'm trying to have a conversation, but I truly want to know who you are. Right. I want to know how you run your business. I want to know what struggles you have. Mm-hmm. And so that first meeting isn't a features and benefits dump, please join me, please join me. Here's my line that I use. Colin, I'd love to go out for, for coffee with you tomorrow. I've always admired you in the business. Yeah. I've got some time tomorrow at 10 a.m. It'll take 10, 15 minutes. I don't want to take up all of your day. Yeah. Um, meet with you, and I'll, here's, here's some promises I'll make to you. Number one, I'm not going to try to recruit you. I won't talk about my company. I won't talk about me. I want to talk about the only thing that truly matters, you and your business. Wow. I just got a little chill up at my spine because it, it's completely different. You're not saying, hey, in, in, in 10 minutes, I'm going to sell you on 12 different products. You're saying, yep. hey, I'm genuinely here for you and looking to see if I can make a difference. Because if I can't, I'm not going to offer you something that doesn't work for you right now. 100%. And so how many, so like, let's relate that back to talking with a seller. If you're working with a seller and they ask you over the phone, well, what, what do you charge? We all have obje- objection handlers and scripts to get around that. Yeah. How many of your recruits you're talking to, the, what are they, what's their question? They're just like sellers. Right. What's your commission split? So do you tell the seller the commission split over the phone? You better not if you want to be a productive agent because there's more value tied into it than just the commission split. We all understand that as real estate agents, at least productive ones do. Mm-hmm. You have more value than just your commission split to an agent. So why are we just telling them, well, we have the best split in town? Mm-hmm. If you have the best split in town, if I'm an agent and you're trying to recruit me and you say you have the best split, I'm thinking about, shit, what resources do I need to pay for myself? Because they can't provide what I need to be uh, productive. Yeah. Everything, you get what you pay for. Right. It looks good on paper, right. but in reality, you dive into it and you're like, so, so this is not as great as I was hoping. This is kind of going down a rabbit hole, but I think it's important. Like I remember when I created our team model. It's about time, value, and money. 
-hmm. What time are you spending? What value are, are you receiving? And ultimately, what is the money you're making at the end of the year? Mm -hmm. Too many people focus on, well, I gave up, I gave up this, a team split a lot of times or 50%, right? Yeah. Let's use that as an analogy. Well, I gave up 50% of my commission to the team. Mm -hmm. So I can go to ABC, whatever, XYZ, fake real estate company, right. and I can get 99% of my commission. So I, I just gave up 49%. Right. Did you? Or did that team provide the lead? Did the team provide the, the resources, how to convert mm -hmm. that lead? Did the team provide the presentation and the marketing that you presented to that, to that client? Did the team provide, provide the transaction coordination so you could go out and get more deals? Right. Did the team provide it to where you didn't have to focus all of your time and energy and effort on that one deal so you could go out and get three more? Right. And so at the end of it, what is the time that you spent? What is the value you received? And what is the actual money you made? in a big span of time, not in a day, not in a week, mm -hmm. not in one transaction, over a period of a year. Mm -hmm. And I will put my model up against anybody. You get them in our environment, here's, here's a secret. Team leaders, don't be afraid to tell your team. They can go anywhere and get a better deal. Mm -hmm. They can get a better split anywhere. They know that. Don't be afraid to say that. Mm -hmm. My team listens to this podcast. They can go across the street and get a better split tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's not about the split. It's about the value they receive. Mm -hmm. It's about the culture, the community that you create. It's about the marketing to create the leads. It's about the, the training, the coaching to convert the leads. It's about the transaction closing process, the, clo the uh, transaction to close process, right? Yeah. Contract to close. It's about the um, raving fans program afterwards. It's about the business that walks in and says, hey, I want to buy or sell my house because I had heard good things. Like there's like, I could keep going on and on yeah. and on. There's so much value that you have. Mm -hmm in an organization besides just your split. And if somebody has a better split, it's because they're not providing as much value. Mm -hmm. It's about time, value, and money. And so anyway, um, kind of got off on a rabbit hole there. But no, I mean, it's, it's important for a recruiting conversation because if you're recruiting somebody and all they're caring about is commission split, don't get me wrong, it's important. Right. I want people that want to be successful. I want people that want to make a lot of money. For sure. But I need them to understand and be a contributor to my culture and yep. understand the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. It's not about this one transaction. It's about, because what is 100% of nothing? You can go to 100% brokerage and not sell any houses because there's no value. And what right. do you really make? Like, nothing. Zero. Okay, cool. <laughs> Or you can come into a proven process and proven system where over time we have proven it again and again and again. Plug you into our system, you can be successful in this environment. We've proven it over and over and over again. Well, not so, just successful, like also setting them up to do the kind of things that they enjoy doing most. You mentioned the, the piece where you have transaction coordinators yep. taking care of the busy work that most agents don't really care to do. And they're like, oh wait, so I can spend more time doing the stuff I love more and be able to help more people and get more things to, done? Like, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's about like agents spend a lot of time doing things they don't enjoy. <laughs> they spend way less time in a good model because you they can focus on the things they're good at and the things that make them money. Yeah. And so guess what? They can ultimately make more money. Mm -hmm. So it's about the value. Anyway, going back to um, recruiting. Here is what how you need to think of recruiting. It's a long term play. Mm -hmm. I want to provide so much value to them, I want to be more valuable than their current broker. And I want to deposit into that re business relationship account. So over time, one of two things happen. Something goes sideways and they decide to join. Mm -hmm. Or if anything were to ever happen, I'm their second choice. They know for a fact, if they are to leave their company, they're going to join me. Mm. If I can stay in second place, yeah. 
with everybody in my marketplace, everybody that I want to join, a lot of them will end up joining. Mm -hmm. How do you stay in second place? Don't go for the kill. Don't go for the throat. Don't talk bad about their current broker. Mm -hmm. They love their current broker. Awesome. They're probably doing great things for them. For sure. But what can I do to demonstrate leadership and show them value that I may be a better fit at one point in time down the road? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, so go for second place. That is, that is the trick. You don't go for the kill. Don't talk down about their brokers. Don't talk. None of that works. No. People see right through it. No, and if slowly over time you're continuing to deposit value day after day, month after month, checking in, saying, hey, just checking in again, seeing if there's anything I can support you in, or you're being that, you're constantly in the back of their mind that they're like, that if or when something shifts, they're like, you know what? I know exactly where I'm going to go. It's you. Yeah, 100%. And it's, we, we spend too much time focusing on how we can convince somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't want, I'm not in the convincing business. Mm -hmm. I'm in the, I want to empower people. I want to enroll them. I'm in the enrollment business. Mm -hmm. So I don't want everybody on my team. I want the right people, right? And so maybe you have a different model. Maybe you want them all. Maybe you're like my buddy Sunit that says, I want everybody in my market. Good for you. Yeah. You should approach this differently. Mm -hmm. And you should try to recruit the shit out of everybody. Go for it. I have no problem with it. I'm just telling you how I do it and lessons I've learned and what I've heard from being in these rooms. Mm -hmm. And so demonstrate great leadership. Demonstrate who the leader should, the leader sh what a leader should do for them in their business. Mm -hmm because there's not a lot of great leaders. Look at, I mean, not to be political, but look at the current state of our country, mm -hmm. right? There's not a lot of great leaders in the world. Mm -hmm. And so if you can be that leader for them when they're ready, then they're gonna go to you first. Absolutely. I, I love this uh, one more comment is the fact that you've con you're shifting your business model at this point. You're saying, don't just focus on the transaction side of things. Your new business model is recruiting and helping new agents across the board. So what are you doing every week? How, how is your business structured? How your process is put together if that's your main focus? And it, if it's not, what do you need to do to change that immediately? Well, too many people are focused on why well, I need to increase the per person productivity. Don't get me wrong, we have one of the highest per person productivities in the country. So like I get it, but that is the hardest thing to do in a business. It's the hardest thing to sustain. Mm -hmm. You need more people and you need, and so here's the most important part. What do agents need in this marketplace right now? They need good leadership. Mm -hmm. Be the leader that your community needs. And my coach, John Cheplak, says this all the time. If you want to have more than you ever imagined, you have to give it all away. Mm. What do you know? Tell everybody. Quit living a limited mindset. Quit being scarce. Be abundant. There's so much abundance in this world. That was one of my biggest takeaways from this room. Mm -hmm. They were sharing everything. Their direct competitors at the front row. Hmm. Because the secrets aren't secret. Yeah. Work works. And ultimately, if you truly want everybody in the world to win, you are going to receive so much. Because what is that? that do you want a leader that talks shit on all your competitors? No. Or do you want a leader that says, that's awesome, good for them, but we're going to rise above it, and here's what we're focused on. We're right. focused on us, and how can we be the best version of ourselves? Mm -hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm competitive as shit, right? right. Like, I, let's let's go run tomorrow. Like, oh, It I'll, sounds I'll, like a healthy yeah. sport or something yeah. like that. You're like, listen, we're both playing the same game. We're both here to win, yep. and I'm not going to win there's, by cheap methods. There's yeah. plenty to go around. Yeah. We can both win. Exactly. The fact that... It, that 
I just want to uh, really. As a matter of fact, I want you to win, yeah. but I'm still going to kick your ass. <laughs> exactly, because you're like I'm confident. Yeah. Now I love the fact that you're saying if you're. What was the quote again? If you uh, want to have everything, give everything away? Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact quote, but the the I've heard him say it multiple times. I probably should know the exact quote. But it's, if you want if you want more in your life, yeah. give everything that you have away. The fact that so every leader there was doing exactly that as a leader says so much. It's not just something that's being said. It's being practiced. Yep. And so already you're saying, all right, so what can you do today to, to mirror that uh, and, and be able to follow in the footsteps? Heck, that's why, that's why we're doing the podcast, right? right. Okay. Yeah. One step towards that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's not like we, we limit um, who can listen to our podcast to our competitors, you <laughs> no. know? Like, it's, no, it's, that's just a terrible mindset to have. Um, all right, so, also, this was a cool stat. It takes 14 contacts in some way, shape, or form before a licensed agent makes a change or makes a move. Mm. 14 on average. So tell me again how your features and benefits are so much better you can close them on the first first mm. day. It doesn't work that way. You know averages work? So if you did five of them on the first, what does that mean? There's going to be some that's going to be 28, 30, 40 yep. before you get them to move over. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's how averages work. So quit going for the close on the first day. Mm-hmm. Right? It takes time. Provide that value. Be that value. Be the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. That's what people need in this marketplace. Be that leader and be the lighthouse for them. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I learned from this event is um, I've already already knew it, but not on this level. Is Chep said from the stage, wake up every single day and study Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Hmm. It te- it teaches you how human beings what their needs are, what their wants mm-hmm. are. Like love and recognition is one of them. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to show the people that aren't in your organization yet love and recognition? What are you doing to demonstrate the people that are in your organization love and recognition for them that they see and they now when you have that meeting with them, they already understand how you treat your people. Mm-hmm. Like here's, here's an example of abundance right here. Go for it. There are people in our marketplace that I know listen to this and I hope this helps you. I truly do. Mm-hmm. But good luck showing your agents more appreciation than I show them. I know your agents see my post mm-hmm. about me congratulating one of my agents for their achievements. Because mm. I do it on my personal page myself and yep. tag them because I am proud of them. I care for them. Mm-hmm. Your agents see that. And if you are not doing that and you are not doing it for the right reasons, mm-hmm. they feel that you don't care for them like I care for my mm-hmm. agents. Just the truth. Yeah. And maybe it is true. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you have to demonstrate that care. People will need love and recognition. Mm-hmm. To This is something that I am continually working on because my brain isn't wired that way. Mm-hmm. My brain is wired to find holes. Where, where, where are rooms for improve? Where is room for improvement? Mm-hmm. And what can we do to improve that? Like, that's what my brain goes to. And I'm great at it. Yeah. So I've had to slow down and be like, all right, what? There, there are things that can be better. Mm-hmm. Always, right? But what things were done good? And does that person know I appreciate that? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's, it's that simple. Yeah. You need to. So if you don't know what Maslow's hierarchy needs is, check it out. Yeah. No, it's like a, a giant pyramid that basically starts off, this is your most basic needs. And then once you have, like, food, shelter, yep. and water, and whatnot, then it's like, now you need security. Now you need uh, love and recognition. And I've been, I think eventually it's like your why. It's like you move up. So finding out where people are at in that pyramid section and go, what does this person need right now? Hey, apparently it's a lot of recognition to say, hey, 
you're doing really well. And I want to acknowledge that publicly, not just privately, like with a little like, hey, good job. But I mean, that's important too. But like, I want everyone to know that I'm proud of you. Yep. Sometimes that can change everything as far as um, what that agent is able to do. Let me give do. you a real life example. So we just did, um, I just did a post um, and recognized some of our um, agents for getting five-star reviews. Mm -hmm. I just happened to see, I was working out this morning and my social media was going crazy. There was one post, one person, it had 378 likes. We Whoa. posted it yesterday. Those weren't my audience. That was their audience. And their audience was congratulating them and proud of them. Hmm. Their audience knows that they're doing a good job. Yeah. You want to talk about giving them that sense of I'm I'm doing good here and I'm appreciated? Mm -hmm. Like 300 and something people, like it's probably way more than that now. Yeah. But that's insane that that happens from one post because they did a good, they did their job, <laughs> but they did it so well that they got a review mm -hmm. and I recognized them for it, right? Like this isn't a pat me on the back, no. but this is, that is a simple way to show that. Well, it's right? an example of you pouring into your people no. um, and that makes all the difference as you can tell. Cool, all right, I'm gonna move on to, um, one of the speakers that came to the stage was Keith Pike. This is one of the most humble uh, business operators you will meet. He is. He was recognized for, don't quote me on this, but it was something to the effect of number one recruiter for all of Remax at one point in time, wow. right? So he knows his stuff. Um, he runs a great business, hundreds of agents. Um, he also was number one franchise owner, something to that effect for a, a mortgage company that he also owns. Wow. So this guy is a great leader, great at attracting people. He knows people. What he, had talk, what he talked about was how to be more attractive. Yes, we can recruit people, but are we attractive to people to make that recruiting easier? Mm -hmm. And so we'll break that down. Um, but before I do that, he said something, and he had a great talk on this. Most people don't understand, they don't understand that there's a big difference between knowing something and truly understanding something. Hmm. Just because you know it doesn't mean you understand it. Mm -hmm. And if you really think about that and do, do some self-reflecting on that, do I know this or do I understand it? Yeah. Do you know your model or do you understand your model? Mm -hmm. Does the person you're talking to as a recruit know what you are saying or do they understand what mm -hmm. you're saying? Big, big difference. Any fool can know anything. Yeah. The point is to truly understand. Well, it's like studying for a test where all you're doing is remembering the answers. Yep. And then someone challenges you on it and say, well, why is it that way? Here's a, a, a breakdown problem, explain it. You're like, oh, I don't know that. I just know the surface level. That's gonna be the same in real estate. If, they're, if they can sense that all you know is way up here, that's not gonna do anyone any favors. So guys, that, that was a big eye opener for me that I wanna share with you. All right, um, so here's Keith's five rules to be more attractive. Number one, demonstrate availability. So he broke all these down. Um, I'm not gonna get into too much detail, mm -hmm. but are you showing on a daily basis that you are available? That you're available for your people, that you're there for them? Are you smiling? Are you like, so this was a funny part because Keith, is uh, he's just a very humble, quiet spoken dude. And yeah. He's like, it, one of the things he mentioned, sub points of that was eye gazing. Hmm. He's like, well, don't be a creep at the bar that's just staring at people and never looks away, but show them you care by looking at them in their eyes, mm -hmm. right? Like show them that you you have my attention. I'm available for you, right? And so uh, just be present, engaged, and demonstrate inv availability. 
Uh, number two is be open. He also said a sub-item of that is like reduce mixed signals. Does this feel like I'm open, Colin, when I cross my arms? <laughs> I feel like, like you don't did, want to talk to me right now. <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't change anything except yeah. for I cross my arms. Now how's it feel? It's like, oh wow, you're you're engaged, you're ready yeah, to hear exactly. what I have to say. So like this was huge for me mm -hmm. because I don't always I'm here's why it was so huge for me. I am I consider myself a pro at reading body language. Mm -hmm because people can't fake their body language, at least most people can't. Yeah. And 55% of how people receive communication is body language. Mm -hmm. So I don't care what they say, I, I care what they do, right? What their body language is. And so this made me realize, fuck, my body language is not where it needs to be. Like I probably don't demonstrate that I'm actually paying attention, right. that I actually care as much as I should. So be open, reduce the mixed signals, don't cross your arms, um, put your hands in your pockets, that's that's another warning sign. Mm -hmm. um, don't be like talking to Colin, but I'm facing this way. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like I that's mean, just like, all right, I'm gonna hurry up so I can get out of here. Right. right. And you may be fully engaged, but your body language says yep, otherwise. Exactly. Uh, number three is have the value that is being sought. So he used this in recruiting aspect. What do agents need? They need training. They need leads. They need marketing. They need mm -hmm. tech. They need support. They need all of that. Right. Are you demonstrating that you have all that value? Do they know that before the meeting? And do they know that on a very in-depth level that you have that value? So make sure that you have the value that they want. Because you may be able to be approached easy, but if you don't have what they're looking for, that's they're not gonna wanna talk to you as much. Yep, number four is be confident. Talk with purpose. So he said claim space. Um, I didn't understand where he was going with this until he kind of explained it, and it made sense. He used Chep as an example. Because if you don't know, Chep is very fit and in shape and intimidating looking. He's like, people are attracted to him mm -hmm. because he takes up space. He's larger than life. Be that person in a very humble way, Yeah. but be that person. People are attracted to people who are larger than life. So don't be the one in the corner of the room sitting like this. Mm -hmm. Like own who you are, be who you are and the right people you'll attract them. So be confident. Um, and this is one that I really need help on is he said, "Slower, the slower you talk, the more people understand. Mm -hmm. And I get very excited, I'm very passionate about what I do, and so I talk very quickly. And so that was another thing for me. And him and I spoke very closely together on the stage, and it was night and day difference. Because <laughs> um, he, he was just slow, he was calm, yeah. he was, and yeah. So um, it works. Be you, but also in the right moments, understand that the speed that you are talking, that you are communicating, make sure to slow down, have pauses, and it really shows that you, you actually care. Absolutely. Uh, stop being boring. Um, he said being hot is simply not enough. <laughs> like he, he used this as a dating analogy. He was, yeah. He's a very funny dude too, but he's like, like if, if you're hot and I'm at a bar and I'm going to pick you up, yeah. like, and we start having a conversation, just because you're hot, if you can't hold a conversation with me, that's not enough, mm -hmm. right? Like, so just being attractive, even though you're boring, right, is not enough. So be you, be authentic. Don't hide your quirks. People like different, because we're all different. Right. So be you. Own be a it. real person. Yes. Fitting in is dull and unattractive. Quit trying to fit in, just be you. Authenticity is attractive. Those five steps for being real will, I imagine, help a lot with recruiting new agents. Yep. 100%. You have to be attractive before you can go recruit. Mm -hmm. If you're not attractive, it's gonna make your recruiting way harder. 
try try to not do any of these things and go recruit people. Good luck. <laughs> Huge handicap. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so let's go to one of the next speakers. Um, his name was Ibrahim. Um, I've met him at several of these events. He has, he, he blew my mind with a lot of the stuff he talked about. So he's around, don't quote me on it, but I think he's, um, he's newer to his team mm-hmm. and they're already at $400 million team. Holy That's how much cow. they're doing in production. So they have very quickly rent, went through the ranks and he talked a lot about a culture. He talked about how to build a culture. He said it was, he has a 98% retention rate in his culture. Whoa. He said, honestly, if I go by it, because somebody else got, talked about retention rates before him, and he said, if I go by their definition, I have 100%. But there have been people that we have, cho- that have, not, have chosen no longer get in the business, or they moved away that have left us. But that's right. the only people that have left. Wow. Because he focuses so much on culture. So um, we can all, I always, I talk, I'm big on culture. Yeah. And so there's a lot of takeaways I had here. But one of the things he said is be present and be involved in your team members' lives. Mm-hmm. Not just their lives, but guess what else they have? They have families. Mm-hmm. What about their family's birthday presents? What about their family's birthday cards? Mm. What about inviting them fa- their family to your company events? Mm-hmm. Get to know them because... One of the things that, that really spoke to me, just to kind of give you my perspective on it, is that we do a lot of culture building, building stuff. Mm-hmm. Not all spouses come to all events. And so I can just imagine, like, I feel like our culture is truly different. Mm-hmm. And somebody that is coming back home to somebody that's in a toxic work environment, mm-hmm. their spouse, and they talk about how the culture is so great here, like, they don't want to hear it. Mm-mm. But if they experience it, because I invite them in yeah. and I make them a part of the family and mm-hmm. they experience it, now they're that spouse's biggest cheerleader, mm-hmm. right? Their kids get along with everybody else's kids, whatever it may be, like involve them more. So he said, like everybody, your immediate family gets birthday presents and cards from the from the team. Wow. Like it's pretty cool. That's a big, that's a full-time yeah, job. Right? Like you hire, hey, you're the birthday guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, he also has a culture nomination survey. So we're gonna actually R&D this. I gotta have a link to it. Um, so Colin actually wrote R&D here because that was <laughs> on my notes. Um, so we're gonna rip, rip off and duplicate that. We're gonna copy that from it. But it was basically the team votes on a cultural leader of the month. Hmm. Like who do you guys think is demonstrated the most for a culture? Culture leader of the month. Yep. And so we have our core value awards. We talk, so our number one topic at every meeting is core values. We talk yep. about core values first, right? We talk about how Colin demonstrated core values in the past week or whoever, right? Um, and the team runs that part of it. We also have a core value award that the team votes for the year. But if core values are truly are important and culture truly is important, why don't we do it on a monthly basis yeah. and let the team vote? Like, I just thought it was cool. I like that. And, it, and again, it goes back to... Maslow's hierarchy needs. Mm-hmm. Recognize people for doing good things. If culture is important to you and you have people that are leading in your culture, you should recognize them. Yeah. You should do special things for them, right? Um, and I talk about this a lot too. Um, he said it in a little different way, so this is me paraphrasing. But so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it more along the lines of what he said, then I'll give you my quote for it. If you die tomorrow, would everyone on your team show up to your funeral? Are you truly building relationships in your company? Mm-hmm. Like there's rooms of hundreds and thousands agent companies and like, right? Like there's big ones. Yeah. Would that funeral home be packed? 
Are you really changing their lives? Are you really involved in your organization? Are you really building those relationships? It just it was just a great thought. Yeah. Right? Like so I have that thought. I say I tell people all the time, quit working for your resume and start working for your eulogy. Like a thought that I have that keeps me grounded is I'm doing what I am doing to help people and change lives. Mm -hmm. And so I think all the time, call it dark, call it whatever, but what is my funeral gonna look like? Mm -hmm. Who's gonna speak? Who's gonna show up? What are they gonna say about me? How many people did I actually leave a legacy that my daughters can see what their dad did for the world? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing to make that kind of impact? Mm -hmm. Like, that's if you think through that, you can do that with your team, you can do that with your community, with your whatever your organization. But like, there's some people that I talked to in that room that were like, shit, I don't know if half my team would show up. Wow. Like, let me help you. Like, yeah. that's, that's just not a good feeling, right? And so it was a good eye opener if it's somebody that is that way. And, and it made me rethink, like, yeah. am I really building the relationships I need to build? Like we went, we did go to the board the day I got back. Yeah. What was my opening speech? Do you remember? I said, I need to do better at building relationships. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I've been focusing on growing the business. I've been focusing on taking us up and out and keep growing to provide opportunities that I've not done a good enough job at going deep and building relationships with you guys. So I'm going to adjust that. This is what made me make that decision. Well, and this if was the eye opener for me. And if you're looking at your funeral, I mean, go through each agent and go through each person on your team and say, would this person show up? Why would they show up? And what? why uh, might they not? Yep. And then, you know, start from there, start a good, investing. A good resource for that if you're looking to build culture um, is Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm -hmm. um, highly recommend that book. We do it as a team read. It's probably time for us to do that again. Yeah. Um, and we talk, discuss about what we've learned, and it's got great exercises in there to get to know your team. Mm -hmm. um, highly recommend that if you want to build culture. Um, going to the next speaker. Um, <laughs> this girl blew me away. So she's always fun and upbeat, and she's got a funny accent. And so um, Kelly Salter, she's one of my good friends. Love her to death. Everybody loves Kelly. But she got up, and this was her first speaking event that she ever did, and she absolutely crushed um, she told a lot of her story. was very vulnerable. The woman has been through a lot. She's like superwoman. I'll give you a little insight to her story. Um, I won't tell you the um, vulnerable parts, but it's just funny that. So she reached out to Chep and said, "I'm going to start a real. I'm going to start a startup company, mm -hmm. and I need you to coach me. You're the best. I need the best." Yeah. And Chep said, "Sorry, I don't do single, single agents. I don't do startups. It's, I'm probably not the best fit for you. Here's some references." Right. She said, "Nope, I'm hiring the best. I'll work for it." And she wouldn't give up. Kept going after him, after him, after him, after him. Finally, he's like, "This lady won't leave me alone. Fine. If you want me that bad, fine." Right. She's went from startup to 500 closings. Oh my gosh. She had 500 closings last year, <sighs> or maybe she will this year. Regardless, has done phenomenal. Right. And literally, Chep said from the stage, she has single-handedly changed my mind and made me more open-minded on who I allow to have as a coaching client mm. because of her, right? So that's the work ethic and the drive that this woman has. Wow. It's pretty cool. She's got chills up and down my spine. That's really says a lot about her uh, mindset and character. She's, dude, she is a baller. Um, so she talked a lot about social presence, right? So we, if you guys want to learn more about social presence, you should own your brand. You should own your community. You should be the resource. We did a video. We did, we've done two or three podcasts on that. Go back and listen to those. Yeah. But Kelly talked a lot about that and how she does that for the community, how she is the resource. Her company is the resource. Um, she does mon monthly luncheons with her people, which I thought was very interesting. So we do that, we, yesterday we had our ops luncheon, right? Mm -hmm. Where we recognize an ops member. But she does that by, she, she does it for some of her agents too with a month, monthly luncheon, but you have to earn your spot. 
Hmm. You're in your spot by top five people with the most conversations. Yeah. Top most appointments that whatever their initiative is, you earn your way into that lunch. I thought that was a cool fun, way to fun competition yeah. with a neat payoff. That's more competition. Yeah. Um, and then she also talked about, I think it was her. If it wasn't her, it was somebody else. She's like, a, I think it was her because it was her accent. A lot of y'all, she, that's a, she, uh, that was a terrible accent. But, um, <laughs> sorry, Kelly, if I butchered it. But the point is, the point is she, um, she said a, a lot of this stuff I, I ripped off from you guys. Hmm. Like, sorry, I stole it. You had a good idea and I stole it. Yeah. Um, you're, like, so, you're welcome. Yeah. Like, enjoy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And everybody's like, no, what, we're steering, stealing something from you right now. Yeah. Like, keep it going. Um, and then she also said, find your leaders. Like I said earlier, we're in the enrollment business. Mm -hmm. My job on a daily basis is to enroll people into our culture, enroll them into our processes. I don't want to be that oppressive thumb that says, do this, do that. Mm -hmm. No, I want you to help you self-discover and decide why you want to do it for yourself. And then I want to help guide you to make you the best version of you. Yeah. Right? Like, but you have to constantly enroll your people. So into your culture, into your strategy, et cetera. Um, so make sure you're an enrolling leader, not a demanding leader. Nobody wants to work for that, right? Like there's a time and a place for that, but it's very rare. Yeah. Um, and she also said, find, I don't remember the words she used, but find your leaders who aren't leaders. Not all leaders have a leadership title. Hmm. There are people in your organization that step up all, over and over again. Who are the go-to? When somebody has a question, mm -hmm. who do they go to? When somebody, when you need something done, when you talk about something in a sales meeting, who's the first one to speak up? Yeah. Who's the first one to say, hey guys, let's do this. Mm -hmm. If those aren't actual leaders, that means that you're actually leading from the bottom up, so you're creating a great culture. Right. But find those people and enroll them more. Mm -hmm. What, that goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Here's something that I have found from a lot of those people that are those leaders without a leadership title. A lot of them, truly want to contribute and they love the feeling of helping others use that to your advantage use that to your team's advantage use that to fulfill their own need mm -hmm. for helping more people find who is so say you're you needed more listings yeah right well who is the person that's got the most listings ask them if they'll teach a class mm -hmm. They will love to do it because you are recognizing them for doing something great. And then they're getting to share and pour into others. All right. So um, next came to the stage of my man, Sunit. Um, he, uh, he won the award for most F-bombs for sure. Um, <laughs> very entertaining, very great speaker and super, super tactical stuff on how to build a recruiting funnel. Mm -hmm. So um, a couple of the key takeaways that I had other than the funnel, which is great. Um, making sure that you're providing value, how to do an email cadence, how to do it on social media, make sure you have a shorts campaign, make sure you're marketing just like you would for buyers and sellers, educate them, mm -hmm. provide value, be the resource, do the same thing for agents, right? Treat it just like you do your buyer and seller business. Um, but one of the big takeaways that I had was, he said, does everybody you know, know you're hiring? Hmm. Like, well, that was interesting because he's a recruit, recruit, recruit. Yeah. He's the guy that I said earlier, he wants everybody. Yeah, like, yeah. he said that from stage. Like, if you are breathing and have a license, I want you in my team. I want you in my company. Wow. Right? Like, so that's, yeah. that's his mindset. Mm -hmm. And somebody challenged him at the end, just so you know, he's not like saying everybody. He's just making a point because they said, well, what if they're not a good culture fit? He's like, well, of course, they're not a good culture fit. I'm going right. to cut them out of there. Right? Yeah. Like, but I, how do we know they're a good culture fit if we don't bring them in? Exactly. Too many people make it too hard to join was mm -hmm. his point. Right? Anyway, he said, does everybody know that you're hiring? And he told a story. He's like, as an example, I went to a family barbecue the other day and ran into my aunt. And my aunt said, 
oh, so-and-so is going to be calling you because they were talking about uh, getting the real estate license. Yeah. And I know that you're always hiring, so I sent them your information. Wow. He said, how many of your aunts would do that? Do yeah. they know that you're looking for real estate agents? They might think. Would they interrupt a conversation in, in the grocery store yeah. to say, oh, you're, you're a real estate agent? You should go work with Sunit. Yeah. He's, all, he's hiring. Number one team in California. Right. Have you taught them that pitch? Have you taught them how to introduce that? Like that was a big eye opener yeah. for me. I'm like, I don't, I need to wear a now hiring sign on my forehead, yeah. right? Like, it's it just everybody needs to know that because then, again, treat it like a real estate business. Mm-hmm. Does every every one of your clients and everyone in the community know you're looking for buyers and sellers. They better. <laughs> they yeah. should, yeah. right? But do they know you're looking for agents? Right. They probably don't. Probably, it probably don't. doesn't register with them. Well, because it'd be easy to think, well, they've got a pretty solid team over there. They're doing really well, so they don't need anybody new. And yep. it's like, no, actually, we could always use somebody. That's right. Yeah. We're always wanting to change more lives. Yep. Like, 100%. And so on that same note, he said, get you a little pancake sign and put now hiring sign outside. When people drive by, they see that you're hiring. Yeah. Like, that cost you $30. Do yep. it. Like, that's brilliant. Ordered one. Why not? Yeah. So, yeah, just things like that. He also sends postcards to all newly licensed agents. Wow. Because what is what is the failure rate of real estate agents? 33. Nope. Or 30%. 87% of real estate agents fail within the first three years. Yes. So, Colin, surprise, you forgot okay, that. Okay, wait, I, I got my stats mixed up. Yeah. Okay, wow. Too many numbers. <laughs> yeah. So 87% as a new agent failure rate, right? So that means that they have struggles. Mm-hmm. What percentage of those do you think change brokerages when they're struggling? A lot. They're like, what percentage of those don't have a brokerage that they picked yet? Hmm. What are you doing to deposit in those? Right. You got a little postcard on the fridge. You're like, hey, there's there's my second place. That's right. Yeah. 100%. So you can do that. Also, you can do that through remarketing. What education are you talking about in your sales meeting? Mm -hmm. Break down bite sized pieces of that and send that out, out as content. Like, one of my favorite pieces of content that we've done for recruiting is what. It's like it's a negative one. The three reasons why real estate might not be right for you. Three real estate, three reasons real estate's a bad choice. Yeah. Why it's not for you. Why should you not be a real estate agent? Yeah. It goes crazy. You're going to be like, what if I want to? And then they click it and they watch it. <laughs> and like we talk about, well, if you're lazy, it's not for you. If you're not willing to put in the work, if you're not a good culture fit, it's probably not a good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, which is but, true. But we did a video on the opposite too. But guess what? The negative one got more information. Anyway, yeah. uh, more views. So, my point is, is be that value, and you can do that through postcards. You can do that through remarketing on social media. Yep. Like grab those lists. You can do that through email marketing, and you are now depositing into those accounts. Yep. To where you are becoming more attractive, you are being the value for that time. Whenever they do, they do get their license, or they're looking to make a change. Where are they going to look? I just want to be in second place. Right, and so all of that goes into that. Um, he also said, "Quit making your recruiting appointments too too hard. Too many of us we wear. Don't get me wrong, culture is extremely important. Yeah. However, do we make it too difficult for somebody to join your organization? Mm. Do they have too many hoops to jump through? Yeah. My answer is yes, we do. I used to pride myself on that. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to get hired here, but I want to hire more people." and help more people. So why am I making it hard to join? Right. Right? Like, it's so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Like, in my mind, I was thinking I was protecting the culture. But what if I what if I am hurting the culture, but I'm not bringing on more great people that can help make the culture even better? Right. 
So right? finding that balance in between there. You got enough barriers in place that you still get yep, you know, sure. decent people, but not so many that you get one new agent a year. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. And so don't make it too difficult. And so um, also there are, if you're looking at recruiting, um, there are recruiting companies that set appointments for you that could put on your calendar. Nice. Like in your first appointment, here's, here's a quick tip and then we'll, we'll close out of this is quit making your recruiting appointments an hour. Hmm. Real estate agents are quote unquote busy. Yeah. Even if they're not busy, they will say they're busy, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have an hour. Mm -hmm. Go for a 10 minute coffee, get in and out, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because you're not closing on the first one anyway. Nope. Or if that doesn't work, do a 10 minute Zoom. Yep. And your first recruiting appointment, guess what it is? It's a discovery coaching call. Mm -hmm. Colin, tell me a little bit about your business. I've always admired you from afar. Yeah. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. What else? What struggles have you had? What do you feel? You, what's your superpower? Like in a perfect world, what would you change? Yeah. That's all. That's all the talking I do. Mm -hmm. But they feel like it was the best recruiting interview they've ever had, even though I didn't recruit mm -mm. because I didn't tell them anything about my company. I've actually had people say, "Well, I know you said you wouldn't talk about your company, but so what do you guys have to offer?" <laughs> You're like. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. how would that conversation be different mm -hmm. in your recruiting efforts if people asked you versus you just feature dumping on them yeah. while they're not even listening and they think you're trying to sell them? You have to deposit that value. Quick 10-minute first recruiting point. Yeah, oh, and you're there for them. And then once they've sensed that, once they realize that, then everything else falls yep. into place. And it goes back to all the stuff we talked about, right? Mm -hmm. Give all your secrets away because there are no secrets. Yep because it'll change tomorrow, right? Give it all away. Give them actual practical advice, even if they're, they're your competitor. Mm -hmm. And even if they're meeting with you, this may or may not have happened to me, even if they're meeting with you to see what you have to offer so they can go back and tell their boss. Yeah. I don't care. I'll tell the boss right. what we have to offer. It's not a secret, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, I want the people that want, I want the right people that want to be with us, mm -hmm. that understand the value, understand the mission that we are accomplishing together. Right. I mean, and it, yeah. And the standard gets raised for everybody across right. the board, and uh, more lives are changed everywhere. Well, we're too afraid of competition, right? Like, let's use this. So we, again, recruiting is just like me with a seller, yeah. right? And so I remember trying to convince agents that were I was I was training new listing agents, and like one of the questions in our script is, "Are you interviewing other agents?" Hmm. We've changed it and revamped it since then to make yeah. it better. But that was a question that I developed that I had asked. Mm -hmm. Because I'm confident if you were interviewing another agent, I just want to know because I'm still going to win. Right, yeah. But if you don't, if people are afraid to ask because what if I plant that seed and they're going to now think there's other oh, agents. Yeah, yeah. But if you have the confidence to ask that question and yeah. you deliver like you should, they won't want to interview other agents, mm -hmm. right? But in, wouldn't it be nice to know if you were competing? Right. And if you are, then you go, okay, so what are some things that you're finding are attractive uh, that they're, they're showcasing? Dude, so you, you, yeah. you, you can make a good agent one of these days. Oh, so one of the questions that I ask if I am competing, yeah. after I do my presentation, is there anything else that that other agent mm -hmm. did that we didn't discuss in my presentation? Is there yeah. anything they offered that we didn't? Mm -hmm. Because guess what? We can offer it too. Yeah. I just want to know what it is. Right. Because I'm not leaving that table without that listing paperwork signed. Right. And so there may be something else that this person offered that I didn't offer or they didn't understand or didn't see. I didn't right. articulate properly that I'm able to offer now. Yeah. 
But it might same, be something super small yes, too. They're it like, always is. Every third Thursday, yeah. they, they, I get two. Yep. They give me two hours off to get a haircut, and you're like, "Yeah, I could think we can swing that yeah. somehow." It's, it's always something small. It always is, but people are afraid to ask the right yeah. questions. So when you're recruiting, build a process. Like take your listing process. Mm-hmm. How do you generate leads? How do you nurture leads? How do you create hand raisers? What is your presentation? And how do you close them? Yeah. That's how you recruit. Same process. Just create the same process. Now, instead of sellers, you're going after real estate agents. Mm-hmm. You're going after how, who, how can I provide more value so I can attract the right people, mm-hmm. right? Like, so what is your version of I'm going to get the seller the most money for their house? Like, that's how you recruit real estate agents. Yeah. How can you provide more, more value to agents? And I'm telling you right now, this, is a, this has been a lot of recruiting stuff, mm-hmm. but it's so crucial. I take it serious when agents are getting out of the business. Like I, one of my missions with this podcast is to help agents be better set up for success. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm a coach. Yeah. That's why I do this is to help more people because I think that our industry is very, very important for the world, for buyers and sellers. Like the Zillow offers and all that disaster stuff where people got taken advantage of and ended up paying way more than this. Like it's, there's a reason we exist. Mm-hmm. It's time we step up to be the professionals that we need to be and we should pave the way for other agents. And it's, it's up to us as leaders to do that. And so um, be the example, recruit the right people in your organization and treat it like a business. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to how we started. This is going to close the whole loop. Yeah. Do your average company retained dollar per transaction. Compare that to your average company retained dollar per agent. Which one should you focus on? It's pretty obvious at that point. <laughs> all right, guys, that's that's really all we have for you today. Um, we'll have a part two because there's way more gold, way more value from this event. Mm-hmm. Guys, again, this was an event with the who's who of real estate. Yep. This wasn't just, this was a room of the elites. Let me say it that way. Yeah. Number one's of different brands from different countries in the same room, sharing their playbooks, sharing everything. And this is day one, my version of unpacking what they talked about from the stage. Mm. It works. Put it to work, put it to action, find what it is that you need in your business, put it to action and it'll work. If you need help, you need assistance, you want more clarification, I'm here to be a resource. Reach out to me, I'm here to help. Appreciate you listening, if you found value from this, Please share this with a friend. Mm-hmm. We're doing this to help more people. The more people that watch this, the more people that see this, the more people we can help, and we can help our industry as a whole. So thanks for watching.